this is Linda Vetris Nichols, and I have with me the most amazing person, Deanne Welsh. Welcome, Deanne. Thank you. It's great to be here. So nice to have you as usual. I love talking about what you love to talk about, especially Women Who Run With The Wolves. That's a great book. I discovered it when I was like 55 and read it pre and post divorce, and then I told you about it. and. Uh, was I the first person that told you about it? I had heard about it, I think, from my aunts who are voracious readers, but I hadn't heard about it in years when you mentioned it. Ah, uh, yeah. I think it's like a good 30 years old these days. And so, yeah, so you just finished eating it. <laughs> and um, this will be really fun because I'm going to be doing a summit on it. So. I would love to hear a little bit more about your thoughts as far as reading it. Okay, so love is like water. What does that mean for you? You're, I know you have your, your life story because you were raised on the ocean, which is like, what? So tell us a little bit about that and kind of your transformation into what you're doing now. So I um, grew up on ships sailing around the world. And so the sea and water really were my home. And I love this phrase, love is like water, because it's such a reminder that it's easy to take water for granted. It's easy to think it's scarce and there's not enough. Yeah. But we really are, you know, for most people, blessed to be surrounded by water and so being able to see that and so when I grew up on ships I always loved writing and journaling it was how I processed things it was how I um, told stories and so now I am a writer and I'm actually working on my memoir about growing up on the ocean cool and that those were missionary ships that you were on right yes they were yeah and so you're mobilization. what's that with um, the mission organization was Operation Mobilization, OM. Cool, and so you were on there with your, your whole family, your parents, your siblings, right? right. Yes, yep. we lived in a little cabin and shared a hallway and a bathroom with other people and. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Selfless living, <laughs> I love it. Okie doke, so solid foundation like ice. What does that mean to you? It means that when we can really receive the love and affection around us and even from ourselves, that it is a solid foundation. Mm. Um, and that goes right into the next point where it's tangible and it can infuse everything that we do um, and it surrounds us. So it really just becomes about noticing love, about um, becoming love and just realizing that it's there for us um, and it's not scarce. Yeah, right. That reminds me of the um, the story of the red shoes where uh, the little girl's creative life was interrupted because she had made her own little shoes out of fabric and then a lady in a gilded carriage comes by and ends up uh, picking her up and then adopting her and you know buying her shoes and socks and new clothes and she was just so proud of those little little slippers that she had made for they were like the expression of her and so when she is like oh where are my slippers she's like oh i burned them because they were just so dirty and i was just like right and then she sees those little red shoes in the store and she just has to have them because what she had made for herself was also red 
And that just like, how do you like what, what, what comes to your mind when you think of that story and kind of connected to what we're talking about here? Yeah, I love that story. And it reminds me of how often as children, we have these gifts or these passions, but then at some point there's a critic, whether it's internal or an external person, you know, saying these are not good enough. You'll never make this work. You know, why are you wasting your time on that? And so in a sense, they get stolen and burned. Mm. And um, I think there's such power when as adults, we can tap back into those gifts and talents and like emerging um, creations that we want to create. Yeah, absolutely. And just, I was getting goosebumps through all of this because it's like, whoa, right? It's, it's, a, it's a big wound, actually. And, yeah. mm -hmm. and then author Clarissa Pinkola Estes, author of Women Who Run With the Wolves, she talks about the river beneath the river. And if, I mean, your life can be crap. Like, you can have a really rough life. If you keep the river beneath the river, so that's the, your life is like the river, river beneath the river is the one that you can control and you can keep your creative life going. And if you don't, that's when you are going to die. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And that's really as a child, what journals did for me, they were that river beyond like the river beneath the river where I could share my thoughts, my feelings. Um, even though I didn't always feel like, they could be a part of my everyday life because I was afraid they wouldn't be accepted. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And now you're digging into them and bringing out this amazing book. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Definitely. So um, the book, it starts when I'm 12 and we move from Germany where we had lived for four and a half years to the ship. And so I'm right on the brink of adolescence. Um, there's all of these identity questions and then suddenly I'm cast away to live on the ocean, which I did not want. <laughs> and so the story is really a story of exile and a story of survival. And um, woven in there is all the different places visited and experiences that I had while living on the ship. Yeah, it's like emotional survival, right? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Because your basic needs were totally taken care of, right? Yes, but it's an emotional, spiritual survival journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. You know, the surrounding us everywhere, you, know, you hear the water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink when it comes to the seawater because you can't, you can't live on it. You can't drink it, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do that to ourselves, surround ourselves with, with things that we don't um, take advantage of or step into even though they're all around us and we don't even realize that um, they're attainable. Does that make sense? Yes, we're blind to them. So we literally at times, because of whether it's scarcity mindset or just thinking that we're a victim, then suddenly we're blind to all the opportunity and the options around us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And <laughs> this is what you do in your Unstoppable Writers group. You can do it. <laughs> right the cheerleader yes. in you comes out yes yeah. and I love, I love all the stories in women who run with wolves that talk about this same um philosophy or lesson that you can do it don't give up you're stronger than you know you have everything you need um and especially the story of the handless maiden how even though you know 
her hands were cut off, even though all these things happened, she still kept moving forward and kept both embracing the season where she was in and also like realizing her full power within that season to grow and move forward. Right. And that story reminds us that it's not just us that's, you know, here to support us, that there really are others, even if they're in more of a um, spirit form and just have a sense of the guidance or the help. It, like, I remember when her baby fell into the well and she's the spirit that's helping her is like, well, you know, go get it. <laughs> I'll reach in and get it. And she's like, but I have no hands. And she's like, and I like to change the story a little bit, you know, do your best. And she, and she's like, like, what all other choices did she have but to just stick those stumps in there and see if she could get her baby and her hands start to grow. Right. And she does get her baby and her hands keep growing and they go from little tiny baby hands to full grown woman hands. And I just, I love that. What does that mean to you? Like, um, getting back our hands. I think it's profound because so it's easy to wait and think I don't have this. I can't do this. And like, just kind of accept that we like don't have hands, but yeah. there's power that we really do receive hands and we can do it as we move forward and take that small action, take that next step, do our best as you say. Mm -hmm. And so that story is so profound because when we, act that's when we gain courage it's not you know waiting for courage to arrive it's when we act we gain courage and we gain clarity yeah for me it's um one of our bullshit filters like oh i don't have any hands like really go watch the video on youtube a day in the life of bonnie consuelo she was born with no arms let alone hands right and yeah. she took care of her own babies she had a stool that twisted and was up high enough so that she could dip her legs into the crib and scoop up her baby, put it on the bed and get the diapers changed. And she said the greatest compliment to her was to be at a, like a coffee party or whatever and um, have someone come with a saucer and a cup and, and offer it to her while she's just standing there with no arms, right? And yeah. she could just like take it with a foot and just stand there on one leg with her coffee and drink it. It's like wow and in in the day that movie was filmed it was like Cadillacs and big heavy doors and yeah she could just take that toe of hers and get that Cadillac door button pushed and open it herself and drive go to the grocery store and bag her groceries and pay all with her toes you know it was like wow it was so inspiring to me. I saw it in the early days of getting my special education training a million years ago. <laughs> oh, I love that story. Um, and it was really fun to find that out on uh, YouTube recently. Okay, so you're stronger than you know, and then you have everything you need, and you have the people and the resources. And these days, it's like, it's almost like who can't succeed? There's all these, you know, free levels, you know, and then once you're making money and growing your company a little bit bigger, then there's a, a small fee charge for, you know, the lower end paid level. It's, it's so beautiful. I love the energy of the new world where everybody is being well supported. And that's like my number one thing uh, to see women, especially 
well supported. And I know our men are coming along and I really feel that the women get to encourage men great, also get out of their way, stand back and let them, you know, do their own retreats and, and, you know, work it out like we've been, you know, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And it actually reminds me of a quote I heard where it said, um, with Google and God, I can do everything. <laughs> wow. That's hysterical. <laughs> yup. It's all out there, folks. Okay. So beauty is always right there. What does that mean to you? It means that even um, in the most devastating circumstances or painful circumstances or difficult that there's always beauty around us, beauty that we can see and receive to nourish our souls. Mm, yes, absolutely. And <laughs> there's no such thing as ugly. That reminds me of the story of the ugly duckling, who was yeah. really a swan and from the swan family, and yet was, you know, the ugly duckling because it was a weird looking duck. <laughs> it was with the duck family, right? Yes. <laughs> what did you get out of that story? I love that story because um, it really is a story of kind of um, being exiled, growing up where you don't fit in, not being fully understood. And I think every single human has either like full on experiences of that or different areas of themselves where they feel exiled. They feel like they don't fit in. Right. Um, we also think about how as artists, like if you think about someone who sketches, they don't, you know, sit down and say, I'm going to draw a nose and I'm going to draw eyes. They're, what they're looking at is the shades and the textures. And so they're not judging the object that they're painting. They're really just interacting with it and seeing, you know, what does this look like? How can I shade this? And so wow. I think having the artist perspective on life at times and not labeling things yeah. um, and judging them, you know, right off the bat or harshly. Um, can really open us up to under a deeper understanding of who people are, why they are the way they are, um, and then loving them um, instead of labeling them as ugly. Yeah, allowing the differences, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. It, um, one of the things that I learned about, like, when children bring artwork, it's right along those same lines. Instead of saying, oh, you drew a tree or, oh, you drew a house, it's like, tell me about your picture. Mm. Right? Because yeah. what looks like a tree could be a spaceship, right? It, yeah. That's all part of the imagination. It can be anything that the artist chooses it to be. Yeah, I love that. Well, and that's a powerful question that you just said, you know, asking people, tell me about this or, you know, tell me about your life. And then it's instead of us just slapping a label on or assuming Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, I go real deep on that one. <laughs> okay, so life is colorful. What does that mean to you? It means that um, it doesn't have to be just black and white. It doesn't have to, um, like, we get to have colors and variety and differences, um, and that's a great thing. Yeah, and that even relating, kind of relating back to the book too, it means that you know there are different seasons of the soul, there are different um, colors or emotions of the soul, and just embracing the spectrum. Yeah, instead of you know, oh, I'm just gonna do this or this emotion's not okay, but really embracing the spectrum. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I don't have it handy. I have a book called um, We Are One Woman and We Do Shine Unity Without Uniformity, right? Yes, we're yeah. all humans. Yes, maybe like for the veterans, like if we're all women and yet we're all serving together, even with men. And uh, yeah, just taking a look at, okay, what unites us and then honoring what separates us because life would be really bland <laughs> if we weren't all bringing a different flavor to the table, so to speak, right? Yeah, exactly. Go, cool, Bean. Yeah. All right, so every being has goodness within. There are some people that just, you know, have the remembrance. I mean, all kids come in with that ability to see the beauty in another. Um, and as adults, we forget. And it's really fun. And a lot of times it's someone who's been through a great deal of trauma in their life. They're, yeah. There is such beautiful souls because they're showing their soul to you and they can see the other person's soul and, and the future almost like the outcome of maybe the work that they're saying that they want to be doing in the world or the message that they're bringing to the world and they're not sure about it. Some people can totally see the outcome of that and, and can see the, like the, the successes for that person when that person can't. So it reminds me of that, um, you know, digging in the tunnel and getting, you know, this close to like breaking through and giving up, right? Yep, yeah. Well, naturally, I know, Linda, that you're the same way that when we work with clients, like we get this picture of what success could be for them but so often the person themselves can't see it yet or doesn't fully believe it, has the doubts, the dragon lies. And so yeah. being able to see like not only the goodness that is, but also what the goodness can become. Yeah. yeah, that's why I do that exercise about getting them to their soul and letting them speak from it and just plain old recording it and then actually yeah. typing it up and putting it into words. And it blows them away and it, and it makes them cry. And they're like, you made me cry. And I said, yeah, I, I do that. I make kids cry too. <laughs> actually, I really make parents cry. I've been a real pro at that one. <laughs> one time I was working with a kid who every time he had a major seizure, he'd lose like six months of schooling. And um, my background special ed, and I was doing a lot of private clinical work. And so um, he did end up having a really wicked seizure and ended up in the hospital. And so I didn't see him for like two weeks. But guess what? When I uh, got back with him, he had only lost two days of presentation because of the oh. way I imprint the brain. Isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah. His mom cried. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. awesome.